It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. I am Marcus Mosher. He is Landon Cool. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Today, Landon, we are going to be going over some of our all 22 notes from the Cowboys Week 14 win against the Washington football team. But before we do that, how are you doing today, sir? Good. You know, I, I and, and I was actually wanted to ask you this up front too, is is after watching this, and I, and I think we've done this a couple different times. After watching this, how did how did you feel better or worse about things in general after watching this? After rewatching the tape? Um I felt better about the defense. I feel better about the offense, okay. but we'll talk about it a little bit more. So I, it was good to kind of go over things and actually like dive into it and try to figure out what was going on to, instead of just, you know, a ton of speculation. It was just, it was nice to kind of actually look at it and kind of clear eyed to figure out what's going on. And, yeah. you know, there's some stuff here that's not great. There's some stuff here that's, that's better than expected. Uh, but I think it's, it's always better to kind of know. Right. And then as opposed to just kind of having it left up in the air or feeling like a level of uncertainty. So. All right, where do you, you want to start with the offense? I think that's what everybody wants to hear, right? What, what we thought of the offense. Um, let's start with Dak. After re-watching him in this game, what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I think that we can, you know, pretty – I feel like, and this is just me, I feel like a lot more of what I was initially thinking was, was Dak issues uh, may have been uh, – uh, more kind of schematic issues. There were definitely times, several different points, where it felt like Dak didn't have good answers when he should have had better answers. You know, whether it's it's, it's scheming guys open or having more opportunity to you know throw the ball. There were there were times when I, it felt like when we were watching during the broadcast that it felt like he was holding on to the ball and and I couldn't figure out why. And then watching the all twenty two is like, well, because people weren't open. Yeah. Um, the we'll route combinations into, uh, were not great in this game for whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there was lots of spacing issues, lots of, you know, and I I think the one kind of that really that I pointed out in my notes that, that I thought was really kind of telling was I think it was a, a, a second down and 10 or not. It feels like a lot of their problems happened on second down and 10. I don't know if like if that is just coincidence, maybe, but it felt like it, it felt like it was a, a very bad down and distance for the Cowboys. Maybe try to avoid second and 10. That'd be a good idea, right? Yeah, it, it would. Um, but you know, the, going back to what I was saying, you know, there was a there was one play where they they're running a, a, a three man route. So they got max protect essentially, right? They got three people out in route. One is the tight end, and the other two are uh, are nineteen and thirteen. And 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 so Schultz runs kind of a flat route, like he's more of an outlet looking situation. And then both 
uh, Gallup and Cooper are kind of running a really long, like 10 plus yard stem practically on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So Dak's in the pocket. He's got time. He's sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And, and for like the whole first part of their routes, 13 and 19 are stacked on top of each other, which allows, you know, two defenders to basically completely cover them up. There's no use of space. There's, there's literally no one on the other side of the field running routes. Uh, so it, it, it felt like there were several different times when, um, you know, you look at the all 22 and you see everybody in the field and there's wide receivers who have stopped running routes and they're, they're right by defenders. They're just like, and there's just kind of no motion. Dak standing there looking, 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 and he can't, and he can't find anybody to get to the Cowboys. I mean, to kind of get to a, a schematic issue, like that is actually something that the Cowboys need to solve. It's I don't think is necessarily like game specific. The Cowboys have got to find a way to, to work against situations where the defense drops eight. There and that was several, in my notes. That was in my notes. Dallas really, really struggles when it's a three man rush and everybody else else in coverage. What Dak should do is just wait. Just be a little bit more patient. I think he's too worried sometimes about just taking the check down and moving on to the next play. Just wait. Your offensive line's good enough. They'll hold up. Just give yourself a, a, a second more to see what breaks open. I, I think that it's going to be tougher for some teams to run these kind of three-man concepts because – it really requires good defensive tackles because that's really what you're having to use in these situations are big guys who can push the pocket. You know, speed rushers aren't going to work when they're yep. outnumbered, you know, with two extra guys. So uh, New York might be able to handle this a little bit as well. But I do, th- I agree. There was just times when it felt like Dak was sitting in a completely fine pocket. There wasn't any, there wasn't anything open down the field. It wasn't like there was any option for him to go th- throw the ball down the field. Uh, and he's just a little too happy, in my opinion, to turn around and check it down to whoever's yes. the outlet. And and that and I think that's honestly part of the other issue too is that, uh, you know, it's it's just not a successful play to try to swing it out to your standing running back who's behind the line of scrimmage, uh, and and, and hope that he can break it. That's where they would miss Tony Pollard. Right? Say, like I I don't hate if it's Pollard because Pollard. I mean, I'm not just saying this to say it, but he is absolutely the best running back in the league at avoiding tackles. He has been for the yeah. last two years by every metric, right? Yeah. He's pretty good at making that first guy miss and turning a one-yard play into six. Yeah, It's just not really Zeke and Corey Clement's game, right? Uh, and honestly, I feel like they needed to leverage Schultz here because yeah. Schultz has actually been really good at k- taking passes while standing still and then getting upfield very quickly and being difficult to tackle. So uh, I think that there was some stuff there that, that was problematic. Um, I want to get to. I want to get you the get into some line. stuff because I got a lot of different things to cover. So you you give me some of your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, too, the dropping eight is really messing them up, and I I agree. The receivers weren't creating separation. Um, I thought Amari was in certain situations, and they probably should have given Amari more chances. They probably should have taken more shots to him. But like, I think it was in the fourth quarter, there was a key third down, and they ran a slant to Michael Gallup, and he did not run the route particularly well. It was very rounded. Yeah. And William Jackson was able to break on the ball and it was incompletion. Like they just need the receivers to play better. And we can talk about CD lamb in a second, because I know you've got some thoughts on CD, but they just, they didn't play well. And I know it's their first game back really all together, but they, they need those guys to play better. Yeah. I, I felt like, and to kind of go to what you were talking about, I, I felt like there was, especially early on several problematic plays with CD, with CD lamb. Uh, first off that, that screen 
that first wide receiver screen they ran, uh, that was a house call. If, if, if CD catches that ball, he has only two defenders be- uh, between him and the end zone, and he's got three blockers from what yeah. it looked like. So there, there's really no reason that he couldn't have taken that one to the house. It was a great call against what Washington was running, uh, and he couldn't catch it. Uh, you know, and then later on that same drive, on another second, on a second and ten, by the way, uh, they had uh, CD coming out of the backfield, which I love. Love the idea of of, of running him out of the backfield, getting some uh, different looks, finding different ways to get him open. But he runs kind of an out route, and then they run a curl behind him with Gallup. And the way he ran the route, he kind of rounded it off late. It was it was a little bit too deep, and, and, and it didn't get wide enough. And what it ended up doing was it put a bunch of defenders all in the same area near your receivers. So it yeah. muddied up the read for Dak uh, on Gallup behind him, who was basically open, if not for – uh, Lamb's defender on him. So, and then there was another second and ten, I think, where uh, he, uh, where he just like it looks like they didn't. Oh, oh, it was the the play that we thought was a terrible throw from Dak out to Gallup, uh, or at least I thought while watching the game. But in reality, it turns out that it looked like it was a toss to uh, to Lamb, who didn't come back far enough for the pass, uh, and so he, it it kind of just sailed past. Yeah, CD kind of stuck his arm out a little bit, and. I I still think CD is going to be an absolute superstar. There's nothing oh, from yeah. the season. There's nothing from the season that indicates that he's not going to be. I mean, he's been really, really good. I do wonder if they're putting a little bit too much on his plate because think of what they've asked him to do. At times, they've asked him to be the X receiver because Amari and Gallup have been out. There's been times he's been playing the slot. There's been times where he's been moved out to the the Z. He's their punt returner. It's just they have him playing out of the backfield on key third downs in this game. They have him lined up as a tailback. So it's just you wonder if they're asking him to do a little bit too much right now. Yeah, a couple couple more things. One, I, I would say that he's had it, – It's the reason it's surprising is because it feels like an increase on kind of mental errors from last season when he yeah. was a rookie, which is surprising, right? Uh, but, I mean, it's just going to have – I'm not suggesting that you don't give the ball to him – no, he's got to get the ball anymore or anything like that. Yeah. It's just that he, we need him to clean this up because yeah. this is part of the issue. I also think Gallup at times has struggled uh, kind of with some of the stuff. There was a, a couple catches I felt like he could have made. There was that one play. You know, I think that that's the thing about my feeling on Dak in this game is that if you go back and watch the game snap by snap, there was like three or four different plays that got taken away where Dak made the play, yeah. uh, but that would have changed – I think the narrative, I mean, there was at least two different deep balls to, to, to Gallup that got called back uh, due to penalty one against us, one against them. There was another play where Dak rolled was rolling out and, uh, and threw a strike to Gallup up high that Gallup probably should have. I mean, it was a tough catch, but I mean, it was a, it was a big play. Gallup should have probably come down with it. There was the, 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 the Lael Collins play yeah, that they I called back. About that I, one. Yep. Still haven't gotten an explanation as to what what exactly went down there. But you never why, will. What, yeah, probably won't. Never will. Um, so I do think that there was, there was a, and I guess that's what I, I I mean by saying that I felt a little bit better, right? Is that if you go back and watch the game throw by throw, Dak definitely had a couple where you know that, that he wished he had back. Yeah. The one the the pick six, he clearly didn't see the linebacker. He waited too long to throw that football. He should have thrown it earlier to Schultz. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do feel like there was more than Dak being off. You know, there was some footwork issues that caused him to throw high. But more than Dak being off, I felt like the issue was more spacing, communication in routes, 
guys not being able to beat the defense uh, because they weren't executing the way that they were supposed to be. All right, I want to touch on the offensive line here in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of the Lockdown Cowboys podcast and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do all uh, you can do it all at the speed of 5G with all the money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain just how powerful will you become switch to Boost Mobile and find out get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to America's largest 5G networks more power to save Boost Mobile we also wanted to tell you guys about on location uh, we've been talking to you guys about on location for the last couple of days uh, on location so is the Super Bowl 56 it's coming right up. It's at SoFi, not too far away from Landon, less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That is onlocationexp.com slash SB56. All right, let's talk about the offensive line. Connor McGovern is a disaster right now, and I I don't know what they're waiting for to go back to to, to Connor Williams because it's, it's really, really rough right now. It's really rough, um, and I, you know, I agree. Uh, I, I think, you know, part of them is probably thinking – and this is kind of the issue, right? Is that you get four or five games, what is this, like three or four games into him starting now, right? And you've given him all this experience, and it's kind of like part of you wants to see it through, right? And it's almost kind of like the Terrence Steele situation last year where, and, and maybe the Terrence Steele situation is having a bad influence, honestly, on, on the thought process here is that if we keep keep putting him in, he'll get the experience he needs, he'll he'll, he'll get a little better, uh, the, the problem to, to me is that, I mean, McGovern just doesn't physically look like the guy that can do it. I mean, it's just, he's getting bossed on, on, on po- plays where he's pulling and he's having to hit a target and, and maybe you know, he's a linebacker. Guard. I just don't think he's a left guard. I, I don't know why that's a difference, man. Like, I mean, the, but the it problem- is though, we, we saw him in week one. He looked totally different at right guard than he has at left guard. I think I also think they were asking him to do different stuff, you know. I mean, they, sure. you know, they, they, you know, I think that the issue has been, and and look, they have had part of their struggles with their run game is that they've, you know, really struggled to find any kind of success in the zone running, you know, that 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 they've usually had a lot of success for, uh, and then they've had le- less uh, uh, success uh, with with the power and with with pulling guys and getting outside, and those two things to me are are combined like one is a constraint to the other right like so if you are struggling with your with wide zone and you're struggling with you know pulling guys and having and using power uh then your run game overall is going to struggle because because it doesn't matter whether you're going one way or another and, and i think the issue is inside you're, you're seeing mcgovern struggle to get reach blocks on wide zone in power when he's the puller He's either struggling to hit the target or struggling to stay on his feet at times. And, and, and look, 
I'm not blaming him for this because uh, it's not his fault. But the reason Tyron Smith got hurt is because McGovern got tossed into his legs, tossed into his legs. So, uh, you know, the, uh, one of the things that we always got taught when evaluating offensive linemen is how often is he on, is this guy on the ground? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just feels like he's on the ground a lot and, and just not, you know, you, you, you put him in, in there because you thought he was going to be a more physical force on your offensive line, a stronger guy to get some push. And that hasn't been the case at all since he started. Are you worried about Terrence Steele at left tackle? I'm guessing for the next three weeks, at least. Are you worried about it? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 certainly not thrilled about it. I I think that they need to seriously consider Ty Inseki. I mean, I I think if you watched the game, he didn't do anything to hurt you. He certainly didn't get you killed out there. There were times that Terrence Steele was getting beat while playing offensive ta- uh, tight end. Uh, and, and, and like, I, I think there was that one big throw. I can't remember which one it was where Steele got beat so bad inside that, uh, pink, uh, why am I forgetting the, the tight end, the third tight end number 87, uh, uh I, I keep want to say pink sprinkle. sprinkle. I always say, want to say Pinkston. I don't know why, uh, but sprinkle had to come back around and like literally dive at the, at the thighs of, of a, of a pass rusher in order to block, uh, to give tag just a second more to deliver the ball. But, yeah, I, I do have concerns there for sure. I, I think that, you know, they're going to have to find a way to kind of run the football a little bit more consistently against some of these teams coming up because they, you know, if they put Terrence Steele in a situation where he's having to pass set, uh, you know, 40, 50 times, 40 times in a game, they're going to be in real trouble uh, against, you know, anybody. So um, I, I think they need to look at Inseki, uh, but I, I have a feeling they'll probably end up with Terrence Steele. It probably should be steel, at least from the development standpoint, because this is starting to happen more frequently with Tyron. Like he's just not going to be able to play a 17 game schedule probably ever again. He's probably only good for 10 games a season. But I will, I will say that it, this has not been like previous years where, Oh, here we go with the stingers or the back or the neck. Like this is a, he got a high ankle sprain and then he re aggravated it because somebody put his leg. So it's, I do feel a little bit better about the Tyron Smith. Like this isn't part of that whole thing, but again, you're not wrong in the sense that it's, it, it is always something. So you need to be prepared. Uh, anything else on the offense before we move on? Yeah. I, I, the last thing I want to mention is, uh, is Zeke. I know it's your favorite topic. Um, <laughs> I think we got good and bad here, right? I think the good is, is that I actually think Zeke looked better in this game. I actually think he does. Look, I think he, he looks uh, healthier. Yes. He looks healthier than he did the previous week. I think, uh, and I also honestly think that he, his numbers would look a lot better as well if he hadn't been pulled from the game by, by, uh, uh, by McCarthy to kind of uh, get Clement some carries because he was concerned about Zeke getting hurt. I think if Zeke had gotten, uh, you know, half of Corey Clement's t- uh, carries, his numbers would have looked a lot better, especially at the time that Clement was getting those carries. The, the Washington defense was a little bit worn down. I think Clement left a little bit on the bone there. So I think Z could, could have gotten uh, not, not to bring up running back and bone and meat on the bone uh, from oh, what is that what a decade Randall's ago? Yeah, geez. <laughs> uh, prison, I'm assuming. Uh, I, mean, I mean, seriously, he got arrested, I, I think, yeah, last week. I, I heard. I know. Um, uh, the bat, right? You know, despite the fact that Zeke looked better, uh, the bad actually has to do more with other people besides Zeke, not really him. 
I don't understand his passing game targets. Uh, I, I, I like I just boggling, mind boggling thing ever, right? The, you know, there was two. Obviously, they saw something uh, in the in the tape that made them really want to isolate Zeke versus linebackers in the red zone, and I understand it because honestly, he was open on both of those routes. Like he he, he could have, but but they were incredibly difficult passes to throw to a running back. Like trying throw trying throwing us an over the shoulder seam route uh, to 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 Zeke like why not throw that to a tight end or, or something and and then and then to run a wheel route like the wheel route looked even like the closest to, to be being successful but again they're both really low percentage throws in the red zone against guy a guy uh, for a guy that's you know not normally catching passes that way and 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 all that plus. The failed shovel pass uh, fiasco, which honestly was really just Connor McGovern's fault <laughs> more than anything because he got blown up. And then some, you know, questionable improv throws by Dak while he was kind of scrambling around. And, and what does it what does it add up to? It adds up to one catch on six targets. That one catch was a very nice swing pass for a first down, but but one catch out of six targets, like especially in those red zone targets, like you got to find a way to, to you're just to wasting kind of draw plays. for someone else. Yeah. I'd rather just throw a fade to Michael Gallup than try that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Cause it's just so, I, it's so hard to complete and there's so much downside, right? You're just throwing the ball in the middle of the field to a receiver who, if the ball is not placed there perfectly, he's not going to go up and make a play, right? It's not like yeah. he's going to go up and make a ridiculous catch. I just, I don't understand it. It's, it, it's not a Zeke thing either. It's it's just no, like I, I, why I would you run that with a wide receiver when you needed it? Like it just seems like a, a low percentage throw, mm-hmm. especially when you have guys who could in, easily double or triple that per, the percentage of that as a successful play if you ran the route with them instead. I don't get it. Um, I'm hoping we see less of Zeke in the passing game over the next couple of weeks. Listen, I I get why he's out there on passing down. See, it's a really good pass protector, but. I don't know. We need to get away from seeing him get seven or eight targets a game. Like he's seen over the last couple of weeks before, even before this one, when he only had six. So they need better targeting. I mean, that's the issue really more than anything. Like it's just Zeke has usefulness as a receiver, but not in the way that he was used in that game. Yeah. Not like that. Uh, All right. One more quick break to tell you guys about stance founded in 2009 stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of the pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those that feel good and look good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase just use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk about the defense. Um, they were good. 
There we go. That's about the extent of my notes. Uh, really, really good day by them. Oh, my goodness. They had some incredible, incredible plays. What did you see from the unit? I, I always kind of, uh, I tweeted this out too. I always kind of, uh, uh, you know, categorize my notes, right, into four categories. What are we trying to do on offense? What are they trying to do to our offense? What are we trying to do on defense? And what are they trying to do uh, to our defense? Uh, and under what are they trying to do to our defense, I put uh, that Washington is just literally trying to survive. Uh, because it was – it was. Can I tell you – hold on just really quickly. Can I tell you what my mentality was in this game? Yeah. When the Cowboys got to like third down and seven, it's like, okay, just get a couple yards so we can punt and go back to the defense because I think they're going to win this game by themselves. They had a drive. What well, the, the one, the one Taylor Heineke pass that ended up being a touchdown was an incredible throw. They had one other drive that was really against a very soft, almost prevent like Cowboys defense. Yeah. And that was it. That was basically their two drives of the game that got more than 15 yards. Other than that, they just destroyed the world in this one. Yeah, and even that, even that, you know, kind of prevent defense, like that was all in the guise of, hey, let's let Washington run out the clock, <laughs> like you know, because they didn't have any opportunity to throw the yeah. football, they couldn't throw the football, and any time that it was an obvious passing down, Dallas was getting into these kind of five zero defensive line looks where every single guy was covered up, and then they were twisting and stunning, and Washington had no answer for it, and, and it, I, you know. I don't know that Washington's offensive line played poorly necessarily. It's just that the, you know, for Heineke did not handle it well. The, the, the guys that were coming were all fired up and all kind of playing out of their mind. I mean, they were all, all racing these, to beat each other to get to the quarterback, right? That's what it felt like. All these like. guys are playing great. All of yeah. them. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, Armstrong's in there playing like a madman as a defensive tackle and snaps. You're seeing D Law crossed, uh, cross chop. Uh, uh, Brandon Sheriff, you're seeing like you know, uh, uh, Randy Gregory with like, I mean, we we see everyone saw the play, like, it's absolutely incredible the way he's able to get the 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 cut block down, get his hands up, get get his hands on the football, and then come down with it. Um, and just you know, and then as much as the pass rushes are the story, the thing that's super exciting was how good the defensive tackles played, man. Like, everybody, all four guys were rotating in, all four were, were, were doing their job well none of them you know were exhausted by the end of the game like like what can happen because they're having to you know, uh, support heavy rotations because they're uh, uh, underserved and they don't have enough people now that they've got all the bodies back Watkins uh, 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 Hill it, it, these guys can play an appropriate amount of snaps and then just be support for guys like Odigizua and Gallimore and, and Gallimore man like that's the guy that we were seeing in training camp. Mm -hmm. Like that's 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 the dude that was. And I think that was it was funny to kind of talk to or hear people uh, on Twitter that like hadn't really seen Gallimore, uh, you know, since last year, really, right? And mm -hmm. they're like, "Dude is huge," and he is. He's like he looks like a completely different person. There were definitely times I think throughout training camp that people were calling him uh, uh, Malik Collins because he wears ninety six, right? Like like that. But he's like. He's bigger than he is now. He's like yeah. 310, I think, at least. And and just the, his ability to explode off the line uh, and, and and tackle the quarterback with the center on that one play was just absolutely absurd. But but I, I just wanted to say, overall, uh, the defensive tackle, the middle of the defense, uh, wasn't getting blown off the ball. They were muddying up the runs. They were allowing the linebackers to run free. And what, what was the result? 
you saw guys like Leighton Vander Esch having one of his best games of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you saw the linebackers able to kind of stay clean and make plays. Uh, it, you know, the, the domino cumulative effect of having these guys back, having your full defense back has, I mean, it's really turned this defense into a juggernaut. It's, it's, I mean, I obviously we're playing Washington and that's some of the issue. Uh, but I, I would love to see this defense. You know, I can't wait to see what this defense has for the next few weeks because they're just playing out of their minds, and 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 that includes guys in the back end as well that you know are Poor Mike probably Glennon not going to be mentioned enough because the guys up front are playing so well. Poor Mike Glennon. I I don't even know what to. Um, all right, I got a question for you. Have you ever played? This is a really old reference. There is an old Nintendo game called Ice Hockey. I don't know if you remember yes, this one. Yes, yes. I okay. preferred Blades of Glory, but Ice Hockey Which is a good one. Still, yeah, yeah. But in this Ice Hockey game, you can choose between three sizes of defenders. There's a small, there's a medium, yep. and there's a large. I thought about that in this game on a three-snap basis against Brandon Sheriff. So on, I believe, second down, Quentin Bohana was up against him one-on-one, and he just kind of bullied him back into the quarterback. On third down, it was Demarcus Lawrence kicking inside, and he got – he, he broke inside and got a pressure on fourth down was the Michael Parsons sack. It's like, that's a hundred pound difference on, th- on two rushes that you have between Bohana and Parsons. Uh, Brandon Sheriff's an all pro and you, yeah. it, it, I can't imagine what he was thinking. It's like, okay, now it's a three thirty guy. Now it's a two, it's a 240 guy that pound guy that runs a four, three. How am I supposed to, to deal with all this? It, it must've been just so frustrating for him. He got his butt kicked by three different flavors of Cowboys pass rushers. I mean, it's, it's like it's it's totally nuts. And that 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 uh, sequence is is the one that I was re- referring to where D Law got his cross chop on on uh, yeah. on Sheriff. You know, it's just the Cowboys are able to kind of deploy so many different fronts and so many different looks. Uh, you know, you know, and 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 they've been doing that even before all these guys came back. Uh, you know, they've been doing stuff like lining up the defensive tackles outside and lining up the defensive ends inside and then kind of twisting them in and out. Um, so now that they've got even more talent that they can kind of distribute across those different spots, uh, yeah, it's it, it's going to make for really fun football with it when the teams have to get in the third down and throw the ball because mm-hmm. they're going to have three, frankly, elite pass rushers coming after them and then probably another two guys that are pretty darn good at rushing the passer as well. The other, last thing I'll say about the defense is they just have a lot of guys that can make plays. Some of them are a little bit more inconsistent. Brown's been – actually, I think Brown's been pretty consistent. He had one bad yeah. game this year, so I'm not going to yeah. harp on too much. But, like, Jordan Lewis is, you know, your third defensive back in a lot of these situations, and he can have an excellent game like he had in this one. I, I just thought he was phenomenal. Obviously, the forced fumble was great. You can bring in somebody like Malik Hooker off the bench. J. Ron Curse is playing a ton of snaps. Like they, they finally, finally have a defense that's multiple that they can kind of match up depending on the game. They can throw different guys out there if they need to. And Lane, and we haven't even got to the point yet where they've needed Kelvin Joseph yeah. or Nashawn Wright or Donovan Wilson, who we'll see if he comes back. But like they've got more chips that they can play, but they're not even having to use him yet. Yeah, because you guys get you got guys like Malik Hooker, who has you know, I mean, had a fantastic game. I, you know, he had that one penalty along the sideline, but he was just all over the place, being very solid, making tackles. And he played eight snaps. Yeah, and that's your fourth safety. You know, yeah. so yeah, you you found a way to kind of suddenly become deep at the positions that you were weak, 
and and now suddenly you've gone like we said we said i feel like every episode but it's still completely shocking you found a way to make a defense that you hoped would be middle of the pack into i'm i'm pretty sure i read this today a top five uh, defense based on epa per play which is shocking uh, listen i was listening to the athletic podcast the other day and they were talking about yeah how many how many defenses would you take over the cowboys going forward i think patriots are one and then it kind of stops right like yeah. you could have a legitimate conversation about dallas's defense compared to miami or any of these other units because they're just playing that well absolutely and 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 deep clearly because that's that it was what we talked about the benefit of having some of those i mean the, the only benefit of having some of those players er, injured early in the season on defense is that it got a bunch of snaps for these younger guys and now they're all hungry guys that can come in when you need them uh when you don't have demarcus lawrence when you don't have randy Gregg, when you don't yep. have micah parsons uh which you you currently do so it makes trying to solve this defense very difficult all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every single day. Now, to make your second listen, I would suggest checking out the Locked On Bets show, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets. Um, just really quickly, tomorrow, Landon, is our 1,000th show together on the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I don't That's know if right. we're going to do anything special for it, but 1,000 episodes, kind of, kind of incredible. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah, and guys, I mean – Really, we just need to thank you all because, I mean, it, it, we, we love doing this. It's so much fun, and uh, the reason we get to do it is because y'all listen to it every day. So, really, it's just a big thank you to everybody who listens because uh, this is this is a joy to do, and we have a lot of fun together. Uh, and, and, and it's all because you guys listen. If you guys didn't listen, uh, we probably wouldn't do it as often. We probably still do it, uh, but we probably <laughs> wouldn't do it as often. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. You guys know Locked On Cowboys, wherever you get your podcast, up on YouTube. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We're going to answer some of your Twitter questions. Thursday, we've got a show with Locked On Giants. We're going to talk to Patricia Trena, and I cannot wait for that conversation. That's going to mm. be a lot of fun. Just see how the uh, post-Jason Garrett era is going over there. Seems like it's going yeah. well. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.